Welcome to the Midnight Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Ethan Bennett, alongside my fellow co-host, Tyler Sinden. We are both entrepreneurs who are learning, growing, and building our own businesses, and our goal is to share our experiences and knowledge to help you grow and become a successful entrepreneur. Strap in. Tyler, we're back. Episode 10. How's it going, my man? Doing pretty good. How are you doing, Ethan? Not too bad. Just kind of doing a lot of, uh, what kind of work do you call it? Just, you know, just tedious, annoying work, emails scheduling things just kind of the boring stuff but did did hop into a video edit that i gotta finish a little bit um i was waiting for a call from somebody and i never got a call but here we are now we're filming is that cold emailing or nope. just nope it's the the video i'm working on with the client it's i asked them a question about it on what they wanted branding wise and then they said I'll call you in 20 minutes haven't heard from them that was about an hour and a half ago so you know what we'll just have to figure it out tomorrow that's what i that's my thought process <laughs> at this point. They'll be there soon. What's your favorite part of uh, doing everything? Definitely not the editing. I actually hate the editing. That's where the, the really? log jam comes in, the bottleneck, people say. But yeah, I don't know. Probably the filming aspect of things, lighting, all that kind of stuff. But once it gets into the computer, oof, it's no fun. We were talking about that last episode, last episode to outsource the editing part so you can free up some of your time to do some more high-end work. And it's yeah. your least favorite activity. So yeah, I'm gonna. I think know, I'm gonna start building that. Stars into are aligning into the future proposals. All of these, I didn't really build it in, but there's a flag waving outside. It freaking distracted me. But uh, no, I'm gonna start building it in and then just outsourcing it because I literally hate editing. I get all these jobs and I'm like, I don't want to do any of them. So then I let them pile up and then it's like, okay, you have eight things to finish. It's just you know, it's a little stressful, Tyler. Yeah, Life I know. I know you don't like the. Uh, I don't know what it is, like the animations or when you got to get a little creative in the editing process. So, hey, man, maybe you'll be a little bit more motivated. And, you know, I know you're talking the other day that you felt lazy and maybe it's because you've been editing too much. Or not enough. Probably or not. Just thinking about editing. <laughs> I mean, it's just honestly, that's what gets me. It's like, wow, I have all these problems. And I just think about that. I have to do them. And it just drives me insane. But yeah, I mean tricks or not tricks of the trade but you know things that you got to get done you know not everything is going to be all sunshine and rainbows didn't rocky say that sure we'll go with it yeah. <laughs> <Other than laughs> sounds that, about right yeah what have you been up to anything new with you um don't know if you can tell we're like yep. baby faced right now so obviously the start of november so i had to get rid of that get rid of the old beard we grew it out for a little bit and can't grow crazy beard but you know i just so much different just be, oh, being yeah. bald and i see you got a little muzzy on your face there too yeah a little mustache just about four days of beard growth i gotta trim it back down but um yeah my halloween costume was mustache and then i just not uh, a mustache just a mustache but it involved a mustache <laughs> a mustache man yeah i was just a mustache i just walked around i'm like i am mustache but no i my halloween costume needed a mustache so i just kept it for uh movember and we'll just ride with the mustache i don't like to start at you know clean shaven because i don't know if i can really build it up to a respectable point within the month so uh yeah i yeah, just get it a little head start on myself there you go yeah and the other thing with november i'm running every day and like before i started we started november i was slightly injured i went to a physio and he said i can't really i'm not gonna like you know break anything so mm -hmm. i can you know run through it but take it easy and i've figured out that running on my toes it doesn't hurt as much on my knee so i started doing that and the first day i went i went a little bit too hard and I, when you work out for the first time all your muscles are really sore because they're not used to it and that's basically how my calves feel and it's been like three days and i keep running and i keep running on my toes and it keeps Ooh. getting worse and i can't even walk it's weird because once i start running though it doesn't hurt as much but when you're walking yeah, walking around, around sucks Oh, it's brutal, man. I'm, I'm, I look like I'm 90 years old and I can't go downstairs. I'm like holding on to both railings and I'm like going down like, oh man, it's brutal. I remember that back when I was like training for hockey, uh, when I was still playing, like when you first get back into the workouts, it's like, oh my God, my legs feel like they're going to fall off. I actually feel like that because I'm redoing my basement and I was doing flooring for the last two days and I woke mm -hmm. up this morning and my feet and knees and legs and everything, I was like, manual labor is not mm -hmm. for me, man. Same, man. I, I oh. did it too, and it's just like, oh, this is not good. Yeah, no, it's it's kind of miserable. So props to the people that do it every single day. But no, it's like 
I did it for two days, flooring up and down, cutting, <laughs> placing it, all that. I'm like, this is enough for me, man. I'm not doing that anymore. Should have hired someone. I told you. Next time. I was thinking about getting a tattoo, and it's just a hammer and then a circle around it with a slash through it, just so I remind <laughs> myself to never, ever no construction. do any tools or construction ever again. That's that's the premises. Or maybe I just do the word tools with a slash through it. Mm-hmm. Can't handle yeah. it, man. But, you know, maybe that's yeah, just... I feel you. I'm just a, I'm an office guy. I'm a desk guy from the heart. Yeah, I feel like I am too. I, at the same time, I'm like, I'm not because I can't sit for long and I got to like stand up. So then, or I got to like move around yep. and I, it, it sucks because then I can't stand for a long time and then I got to sit down. So it's like back and forth. So just having the option to be able to stand or sit is nice. Some people in my family are asking me for a Christmas list. I think I'm going to see if I can get one of those treadmills you can put under your desk. And then you mm-hmm. walk while you work, but it seems like a lot of walking. Yeah, it does. I feel like I feel like those. It's the same thing with like standing desks. It's like really cool once you first get it, and like you use the crap out of it the first week, and then after that, it's like, eh, yeah, it was nice I'm while it lasted. It. I'm done walking. Yeah. This is enough of that walking stuff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I still use my standing desk a ton, like uh, just because I get tired of sitting, kind of like you said. Yep. So then I'll just yep. stand up for like 10, 15 minutes, but then I'll sit right back down. There's no way I'm standing for two, three hours. <laughs> Sometimes I get in like a nice flow state and I'm just like standing there and it's like cruising. So yep. I only depends. stand up my when my watch tells me, you need to stand up for 60 <laughs> seconds this hour. And I just take my watch off, throw it on the ground. I've, I've had enough of you. <laughs> yeah, I'm sick of you today. Uh, other than that, anything else new with you? Trying to think if there's anything uh, new with me. I mean, Halloween was this last weekend. Well, when this comes out, it'll be the weekend before. But how was your Halloween? After. Yeah, uh, I didn't do anything. But it's, it's funny. We actually just had someone reach out to us. We were doing it originally with blogging. We were going to different blog sites. I don't know if I talked about this before on a previous episode. But we were going to different websites saying, hey, we got this travel watch role. And we were going to be going into wallets as well, but we were trying to find these best travel wallet or travel watch rules, emailing them being like, hey, we got this travel watch rule. We think we would be a good fit on your blog and said we got a, got an affiliate program. It'd be cool if you'd, you'd feature us on there. So we did that a few times and then it, it's sparked an idea to do that ourselves for a blog. But then we did these other blogs and we actually just had someone reach out like within an hour ago saying hey we do this for our watches and it would be cool if we feed or if you guys featured us on the website so it's like cool how it came full circle that's pretty sweet so you kind of just like flipped it instead of going to other people you're like let's just do it ourselves honestly it was like so this was before that happened but once okay. we did start doing it we're like okay let's do it ourselves and then see if we can like create like partnerships within other companies and be like, Hey, we'll feature you if you feature us type of deal. But it, this was kind of a blog that came up before. It was just like, what kind of blogs would be good with like a watch roll? And the blog that I'm talking about is like most affordable, uh, luxury watches. Okay. So they just came to us and I think they take and repair old watches or whatever. And they want us to feature them on the website. So it's cool. It came full circle. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. The old I scratch your back, you scratch mine trick. Yeah. So from super bad. Have you seen that? Yeah, movie? I have. It's been a long time. Yeah. I mean, the line after that will. Funny thing. Funny thing about my yeah. back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, where it's located. you know where it's located. Mm. Other than that, though, I uh, Halloween went to I just went out on Saturday night to a little Halloween shindig at Old Sports on Tap, the bar here. And that was fun. I waited outside in line for a terribly long time. And then I finally got in. But once I got in there, it was fine. Nothing crazy. I was Kip from Napoleon Dynamite. And uh, everyone thought I was Dahmer. So, you know, you learn learn to go. You look like him. Next year, yeah. Next year, you really got to just make sure it's a costume that everybody knows. But, I mean... I couldn't walk around with my LaFonda sign the whole time. So I it was like up, down. There's so many people there. So I just, yeah, at the end of the night, I just started saying, yep, Dom or whatever, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> sure, whatever. Yeah. Whatever you guys think. And then Halloween night, handing out candy at my house. I went to get candy on Monday. No candy anywhere to be found. So I bought four cases of pop. And I was just handing out full cans of pop to kids, whether they were three three years old or 12 years old. So some of the parents looked at me cool funny when I was handing a pop out to their four-year-old child, but you know, 
It's either that or granola bars. And who wants to get a granola bar on Halloween, you know? Should have gave him like protein bars. <laughs> if I had some, I was going to start giving him like cans of cream of mushroom soup. That's all I had in my house. Mandarin oranges. Let's enjoy. Yeah. I'll never come back start to this Start giving house. him bananas and shit. Right. No one wants to get that on Halloween, but what do you do? I feel like I loved getting those kinds of stuff, like the bigger ones, like chips, pop. Oh, yeah. I feel like, uh, I, feel like I love those people. I always prioritize those houses because I always gave them out every year. Yeah. Like and now you got to hit that house. Now I'm that house. Now I'm the pop guy. Next there year, I'm going to get two liter bottles of pop. There's a pallet <laughs> full of two liter bottles. Going to be a hot, hot commodity next year. Everyone's going to be at your house. Year after that, it's just $100 bills. <laughs> All right. Here you go, kids. Enjoy. Always always improving every year <laughs> exactly i gotta get people to my house somehow uh mm-hmm. but i mean yeah that's kind of all that we've that's went on in the last week or so since the last time we filmed i think we could take a stab and get into our episode what do you think i think so too so this week's episode we're going to be talking about uh promotions i know when we were texting before this episode i when i think of promotions i really think about selling things but then we kind of got into a discussion that it is more than that it's you know pr things fall under promotions too so whether it's speaking engagements or a couple things that i'm going to talk about down the road too with you know some podcasts and the other events you can go to but tyler you have a majority of the notes on this and i'm you know i'm just going to kind of throw in pieces here and there but let's talk about your first promotion kind of what you're doing right now with nuevo so i wouldn't call this our first one this would i think quote unquote, would be our second one. Our first one was like a pre-launch giveaway. Yep. But the one that we're currently going with right now is November. And that's been a big aspect of our business. And 1%, like before November, it was like we're donating 1% of all of our sales go towards November just because it's like a great cause. And then what we're currently doing during November is we're going to do our best to try and promote, uh, I mean, the cause our brand and see if we can use that to generate more awareness around us and the cause as well. So basically what we're doing is we're donating 100% of our profits to Movember. So any sale that we get, we're going to be donating all the profits. And basically our goal is just to try and raise awareness for both Nuevo and Movember, you know, the cause around men's health, men's mental health, because it doesn't get often talked about and overlooked yet, you know, I am the kind of person to deal with it, you know, not talk about it. So mm-hmm. I'm, I, I do struggle talking about it at the same time, but it is something that a lot of men do, you know, suppress and not talk about. So there's a few ways that we're trying to raise awareness. Uh, we created a few TikToks to it didn't blow up like, you know, we anticipated yep. like every, every video that you create, you're like, oh, this is, this is amazing. This, this is going, going viral. viral. Yep. Yeah. So basically what we're doing this month is we're going to be, we shaved our beards. We're like, okay, it was about two weeks before November. We're like, okay, we're going to grow our beards out. And then uh, the the day before uh, November, we're going to shave and then we're going to grow out our mustaches, raise awareness. And then the other way is running two miles daily minimum. I'm running a little bit more than that, even though I'm <laughs> injured and probably yeah. shouldn't be. Yeah. Dog. Um, and then we're just going to be trying to document as much as possible on TikTok. And obviously, like I said, donating 100% of our profits towards Movember. So that's a little promotion that we're currently running. Do you think people get behind, uh, I guess, I don't want to say promotions, but people get behind things more when there is a cause that you're kind of working together with? Like, obviously, this is with mental health, but do you think people are more adamant to either support a business or go along with the business when there is that side piece that you're working alongside? I feel like it's hit or miss. I feel like, you know, you get those people that are really want to support that. And then you get the other people. I don't give a shit. I just want a good product. I just want what I want. And they don't give a shit like what you do. They'll, you know, if you sell like the best wallet out there, they don't care if it's a thousand dollars. They just want the best wallet out there. They don't care if you're, you know, donating 50% or whatever, you know, it's just like an additional cause or you get the other people that, you know, they do like that. They're like, Oh, these guys support this cause. And I really support it as well. So I'm going to, you know, get, get a get in there and support it with them. So I think it's hit or miss depending on the audience that, you'd know, you do hit or you do try and target. And I think, I think on- it is good. 
it's on such an individual basis, like per person, I would say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think it's good because it, at the same time, it can promote like a community to, you know, group together. You have a collective goal. You're trying to raise awareness. It's all for a cause that you all believe in. So I think building that community around it is a good thing to have because, you know, communities are huge and they're growing. Yeah. And then it feels like everyone that's involved in it feels like they're a part of it rather than it just being a solo adventure. Exactly. And it's it's not like it's just another business. Mm-hmm. It's like they're supporting a cause. Didn't Tom's, the shoe brand, didn't yeah. they donate like one pair of shoes for everyone bought or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure there was another company. I don't know if it was, uh, what's the uh, outdoor brand? Like starts with a P, Patagonia. Patagonia, I think. Yeah. Did, did they plant trees or something? I think some company planted trees. I don't know. Mr. Beast planted a lot of trees. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he did. Yeah, he did. And he cleaned the ocean. He did a lot. He's yeah, done a lot. He's, he's doing just, a lot. He is the person. Just he's doing everything. With, yeah, he's doing it all. Uh, I think there's there's another one too. There's so many out there. It's like there's a pencils thing. Pencils for promise, maybe, I want to say. I don't know. There's something like there's a bunch of different organizations that partner with it and I wonder if it is hit or miss because I personally, maybe this is naive, but I don't know if I've ever bought something just to be like, oh, they're doing this initiative, so I'm going to do it. Yeah, I don't think I have either, to be honest. I don't know if you've ever bought Tom's. Have you ever bought Tom's? No, I don't like how Tom's look. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm not too big on them either, but I think it's the same thing like with the cause. Maybe if like you cared about that cause, then maybe you would be more inclined to support it so maybe it's subconscious i'm sure i've done it subconsciously where i buy something but i don't know they're donating 75 percent of their profits to whatever but i'm just helping out through osmosis i'm just helping out that cause i know now that you bring this up and we talked about this before the episode that i don't have a ton of experiences with promotions or i thought but when i did have my clothing company and i was in canada playing hockey the humble bus crash happened so the humble bus crash i made a t or t-shirts and hat maybe it was just hats i can't remember i made i made some sort of merchandise i know there's hats for sure because my dad still wears his but it just said humble strong on it and all the profits which at the time the company wasn't amazing and it's still not amazing because it's closed now but the money i made the little amount of money i make i did send away uh, to, you know, whatever it helped with. I think it was only like a couple hundred dollars, but, um, I guess that is an experience. I forgot that I, that I did and that I did have. Do you know if anyone came to you and bought because of that? I feel like you're specifically supporting it because you know, your branding is humbled strong. So I don't, yeah. I mean, I would think people bought, I don't know if they bought it because of that, but like a lot of people on my hockey team bought it. So it's like, Hey, they just give me cash. Um, I'm like, Hey, I'm going to put these hats together. I'm going to order a bunch and then I'm going to just, whatever money I make, I'll send it that way. And then I know there's a couple of people back from mine that bought a few, but I assume all the people in the hockey community, hockey community were affected by that. So they did buy it to support it, but also because of the money going to humble. But I guess I'm not really sure. No one ever really came out and said, I'm doing this because you're donating it. Yeah. I feel like at the same time, you wouldn't hear that very often. No. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you would. I don't. I just feel like you wouldn't. People wouldn't really be like, hey, I'm only buying this Verbalize because you're doing it. that. Yeah. How many people are actually going to tell you? Yeah. I feel like it wouldn't be that many. But yeah. do you ever do you still have any merch from that company that you, I, had, you started? I do, I do have a box. Yes. I don't know what's in do there. Do you still wear anything? Sizes. Uh, <laughs> no. A couple sweatshirts and a hat. Um, oh, yeah, but none of the graphic design t-shirts, they're more targeted towards the younger demographic. I'd say like the design wise wasn't, I wasn't a designer by any means. So it's not like bar stool level shirts where they have the funny designs and good artists and that kind of stuff. But I mean, it's yeah. pretty basic for the kids that are teenagers or, you know, they're playing hockey, peewees, bantams. Those are the kids yeah. that really liked them. And they actually, I see people all the time wearing some stuff. So that's kind of funny. Really? Yeah. Or my dad will Still? text me and be like, yeah, someone was wearing your plug hockey t-shirt today. I'm like, crazy. What was it called? Plug Plug hockey. Yeah. So plug and hockey is just like someone that's just not very good. 
Yeah, exactly. See, it was, it was a bunch of funny quotes on T-shirts and sweatshirts and hats. And, you know, yeah, it was a good time. Well, I mean, it got me through a year of business, learning through business, so I can't complain. Yeah, a lot of learning experiences there. Hey, always always failing forward. That's what, that's exactly. what, we, that's what we preach here. Well, now we're going to preach. It's the first time I've said it. Um, so you mentioned your pre-launch giveaway. That was one of the promotions uh-huh. that you've also had experience with. What did that look like? Yeah, so this was right when we were starting out. No one knows who we are. Trying to drive brand awareness, try, trying to get some traffic to our Facebook, Instagram, all those pages. We created a landing page to try and create an email list off launch and then potentially email those people afterwards. And basically what it was, we had all of our products and we're like, just sign up, give us your email and you'll get entered for this free product giveaway and we're going to pick three winners. And I'd, I'd honestly say it was a success in terms of we got $1 per email about per conversion. So, okay. I mean, it's not terrible. And I wonder what the numbers are. Do you know what, like the standard, like what a good number for that is for email capture? I think, honestly, I think that's pretty good. I I think it depends on what you're doing because there's different types of things that you could be going for. Say with clients at work, they're trying to capture emails through downloads, but what they're giving them is just a, say, a custom home cost guide or renovation cost guide or sustainability, building sustainable co- or guide. So okay. it's a little bit different where they're just getting like this information where with us we're given something away for free so there's going to be a lot more signups for that sense and then also maybe you're running another campaign where you're trying to get people to fill out your contact form and that's probably going to be a lot higher than one dollar per conversion so honestly i do think one dollar per conversion approximately is what we got is actually pretty good when you run facebook ads what i typically see per depending on what your campaign goal is, a good uh, landing page view rate is about 10 to 40 cents. Okay. So yeah, for landing page views, that's just a view. We were at about $1 per email. So yeah. I'd, I'd honestly say it was pretty good. I mean, yeah, $1 per email. Because if you think about that, that's a dollar. You're spending $1 for a potential client for them to buy something which is, you know, that's a pretty low risk for the reward that you get. Let's say they buy a $50 product. You're making 50X your money. And obviously not everyone's going to buy. People just sign up because they want to win free stuff. But the $1, you know, there is a chance that you could close those people with either an email campaign or retargeting them or whatever it might be. Yeah. Yeah. So basically we captured all those emails and then we gave away three products we tried to like introduce ourselves at the same time. So we created a little video of us in the basement, pulling the names out of a hat. Yep. And then we emailed it to all the people. And I think only one or two of the guys that we pulled emailed us back saying, this is what they're going to get. So oh, <laughs> it was, really? yeah, the other two, it was weird. So we were kind of stalking them. The one guy opened the email, didn't reply or anything. And then we saw him on our website looking at products a few days later. So I was like, I don't know if he's looking for a product, seeing which one he wants or what it was. Okay. But we emailed him. He didn't say anything back. I'm pretty sure it was only one person, maybe two. And I'm you're like, sure. hey, I know it's one a for free sure. product. Just tell us what you want. Yeah. Yeah. We, I think we emailed them back. Both, both are the one person that didn't say which one they wanted. Yep. Uh, a few days later, we're like, hey, just following up. But yeah, there was one or two people that didn't claim their prizes. So then did you send anything or are you just like, hey, you're SOL? Pretty much. Yeah. We, we sent the one for the one buddy that we, I, I can't remember. I know it was one for sure, but we sent it to buddy and I can't remember if there was a second, but yeah, they, yeah. they chose the products that they wanted and we sent them. I mean, that's, that's so funny that someone would win a, win a contest and then you yeah. email them. They open it. They see it. It's like, hey, what do you want? Yeah. And they're like, nothing. I eh. just wanted to win. 
anything. Yeah. I thought it was cool. To, I thought it was a cool campaign, so I thought I, I would just yeah. sign up. I didn't like, want to. I just want to make sure no one else won. That was cool. <laughs> yeah. I'm still I'm stealing my, the prizes away from other people. Hey, you know what? Some people like to do things a little bit differently. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. So the one dollar, you know, one dollar email conversion. That's that's really good. I mean, you go and you run Facebook ads and all these different things, and you have to look at numbers like that. Like, what am I converting with on Facebook? How much does it cost to get a lead there? How much does it cost to get a sale? And anytime you can get numbers that low, it's always a bonus. Yeah, for sure. That's I think that's the big win out of it that we were able to get that, and then we did email them email that list afterwards to try and generate a few more sales. We got a few more sales out of it and you know, they're still in our system and we can still constantly, e- I mean, not constantly, yeah. but we, you know, we bombard them pe- every peep, day. Yeah. We peep in their inbox every now and then to, you know, make sure they know we're still here. We're still alive. And if they ever want a product we're we got it for them. Yeah. And that's, what's sweet is that $1 is a lifetime thing unless they unsubscribe. It's not like you have two months, like you have to sell them on a product in two months or you lose their email. It's like, no, even if it takes, you know, five years, we still got them at a dollar, baby. <laughs> we still got them at a dollar. Yeah, well, exactly. So I know the next, uh, the next bullet point you got on here is discounts compared to, you know, promotions. Is that a topic you would like to dive into? We can. I just think... It's in there's, the it's in the close enough realm to talk about. Yeah, I think I think there is a similarity between discounts and promotions. Where one thing we have given out discounts, and you know, it, you you do feel I I don't know about everyone else, but I I feel bad when say we'll we'll run a campaign where oh we're doing like twenty percent off or thirty percent off, and there's like someone that just bought like the day before. Yeah, and then all of a sudden they're saying, "Hey, what the hell? Mm-hmm. Now I just paid full price, and now you're giving a discount." And then it also kind of trains them to say, "These guys always give out discounts. They give out summer discounts. They give out yeah. Friday evening discounts. They give out you know su- I, we don't Friday actually, evening. but I'm just trying to <laughs> I'm just trying four. to you know make it seem worse. Sale. Yeah, yeah, flash sale. Yeah, <laughs> so." it kind of discounts your brand and people just assume that you guys are always going to run discounts or run run i feel like there is a black friday coming up so yeah. i don't know when C- cyber monday is after that so i don't know if there is going to be a lot of sales going on but i think with discounts it discounts your brand at the same time whereas what you could do with promotions i think this is somewhat the opposite where you're increasing your prices you're saying hey prices are increasing next month get in before while while prices are still low and then the people that have already bought from you are thinking wow i've got it at a discount i got a deal i I feel great exactly so it it kind of train um takes their mindset the people that are already customers and it flips it and instead of them seeing that you're always running discounts now they're you're increasing it and it, they think that they got a good value on their yeah they're like i'm getting it they felt like they get a discount even though it wasn't a discount do you have any knowledge about if any companies because you mentioned like you buy something and then the next day there's a discount can you and i've never tried to do this because usually i just buy something and call it a day but can you buy something and then let's say there's a 30 percent discount off the next day if you call them and you're like hey what the hell how, do any companies ever just say, yeah, we'll give you the discount rate? Yeah. So I actually did that back. once. Really? It was with, uh, yeah, my glasses here. So I I uh, bought it off. I'll show them out. I buy direct. And okay. I forget what it was. I don't know if it's like first time buyer discount or whatever it was, but I bought them. I just went straight through everything. I was just like, get this buy, 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 buy yeah. quick, as quickly as possible. And then I got an email or something. And it was saying, you get a discount. And I'm like, bro, what the hell? And then yeah. I reached out to them and I said, hey, I just got this promotion. I just bought these products. Like I, didn't even, I haven't even received the glasses yet. They're still in the mail, so was, man. <laughs> exactly. No, they got to make them first. So they were oh. still making them and everything. Yeah. I don't know if it's making them, but like put, mm-hmm. put them together and shipping them to me. And yeah, they... It took a little bit, took a little while, but I got like, I don't know what it was, like 15, 30% off. 
I'll yeah, take that's, it. I should start doing that. I actually, actually, no, I'm a liar. I did literally did that three days ago. I got a thing in the mail. <laughs> I got a thing in the mail from Midco, and it said, if you sign up for our gig internet right now, it's $59 a month for 24 months. And I'm paying for the gig internet right now for $108 a month. Jeez. So I called them and I said, hey, I just got this thing in the mail that says you're giving people uh, gig internet for $59 a month. I was like, can I get that? <laughs> he's like, yeah, we'll switch over right now. So then he's like, yeah, it's just going to be that plus another uh, $12 to rent the modem that you are already paying to rent. So it'll be $71 total a month. So I just got like $30 off, $37 off a month just because I called and I was like, give it to me too. Yeah. I think there's a lot of businesses like that where if you call them and you know, you'll say you're switching or whatever, they have that room to you know, oh, yeah. fluctuate that price. And when I called, I was willing to say like, I'll cancel my thing tomorrow and go to SRT. SRT. Or, uh-huh. you know, even if I would say, okay, I'll cancel my plan tomorrow. And then two days from now, I'll re-sign up for Midco at $59 a month. And it makes more sense for them to make the $59 or $71 a month than to lose the 108 Yeah, they're giving a discount, but, you know, they still have the client. And it puts a good reputation on them. Yeah. And they sponsor my other podcast, so I couldn't leave. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> Can't leave them. Oh, exactly. I would have been like, no, sir. I'd be like, shucks. I tried. But maybe I, have should you start, ever... I should start hacking, doing that with more companies. Just call and be like, hey, give me a discount. <laughs> Try it out. See if it works. It's just like a time versus effort type yeah. of thing. Because it's like, do you want to put in the time and effort to get a few extra dollars off? Some people do. Some, some people don't. One thing I realized, because I know you have something to say. But one thing I did, I bought flooring for my basement. And... Usually I'm not very good at negotiating, but after I bought this flooring, I want to start trying it more because I think not everything in the world is negotiable, but I think a lot of things are. I was looking at this flooring and it was originally $339 a square foot and it was marked down to $1.49 a square foot. And I was like, dang, that's pretty cheap. So then the guy came over and I just asked him, I'm like, I'll buy the whole pallet if you give me $1.29 a square foot. And I just shut up. And God, did I, I was nervous. I was anxious. I was like, God, I can't believe I'm asking this. He's like, yeah, we can't go any lower than that markdown price. He's like, it's already marked down from $339. And I'm like, how about $1.39? He's like, yeah, we just can't do it. And I was like, okay, well, I'll give that $1.49. But it didn't hurt anything to ask. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I'm going to start doing that at like Walmart. Get a pair of pants. And like, I'll, pay Negotiate $7. Prices. I'll pay $7 for these. <laughs> Like, no it's, like, okay it's interesting because if you go to like those third third world countries a lot of it is is just going on the streets and you know you're bartering with prices and yeah. they'll, be, they'll come up to you five dollars it's like you're crazy i'm, I'm only gonna pay two dollars they're like okay three dollars it's like two dollars and like okay 250 fine yeah and then, then here it's this is the price and this is what you got to pay and you can't really negotiate it's i think there's i think there's more wiggle room than people think I see this. I see this TikTok. This one guy. Oh, you just ask. Eventually, someone's gonna say, "I sure, whatever." But I see this guy on TikTok. He does live Rolex negotiations, and he's always like, "He'll they'll give him a price of like twenty three thousand." He's like, "Huh?" And they're like, "No, I can't do that." They're like twenty five. He's like, "Okay, twenty three five. And he always gets them down. Obviously, the Rolex that's a little bit different. But I think if you just negotiate a little bit more in your life. You might be able to steal some yeah. deals, man. Some promotions, some I think some de- self-made depend- promotions. You can call them. Yeah, I think it depends on the vendor because I feel like if people come to you, you might you might have a little bit of wiggle room. I don't know if you do or not, but like you know, your prices might be a little negotiable as far but, as video services. Yeah, I mean, I definitely have a wiggle room. I mean, I know what I want to get paid, but there's other incentives that say, hey, if knock five hundred dollars off you know, whatever it might be. And maybe there's a $500 barter we can do in there. Or if it's like, Hey, we're going to do projects in the future. There's definitely wiggle room on my services for sure. And I think it's, there's a lot of service-based businesses that are like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I don't know. I mean, I'll just, someone wants to pay me and they're like, yeah, just knock 200 bucks off. 
I'm like, boom, there goes the there goes the music licensing fee. Just chopped it right off the top for you. <laughs> I hope none of my clients are listening you, to this. It doesn't work for you guys. <laughs> Promise. I'm just lying on the show. Uh, but looking at our notes here, what else we got on here? Um, price will be okay. We talked about that a little bit. Um, so offering, this is one thing I want to talk about, is offering, I don't know where I read this, offering a promotion to your loyalty customers instead of a new customer. So if I have a $1,000 service, instead of saying, oh, first service is $700 if you book now, you should be giving those promotions and those benefits to the people that have been with you longer. So yeah, that's something like that. I've that's something I've implemented a little bit where it's like, okay, the new customers, they come to me, they have to pay full price, 1000 bucks. But if you've done like four or five projects with me, I'll start knocking off those useless fees, you know, that... $200 music licensing, music licensing fee that's just on there. I'll just cut that off. Or there's the, you know, the 4k storage fee, whatever. I'll just chop that off because you've been doing projects with me. You've been staying loyal to me where I'll just give you that promotion just because of the loyalty. Yeah. I like that. I, I don't, I heard that too, where it's like, why would you give discounts to people that have never bought from you before versus giving discounts to the people that have supported you, been able to get you to where you currently are and where you're going in the future. Yeah. The people that, you know, you've benefited from having it. Why would you benefit the people that are Joe Schmo? You've never met them before. They're just coming to you now. So I try to do that yeah. as much as possible, which I think that would be, I don't know if it's a promotion. I think it falls under the, the spectrum of the promotion talk, but something I've tried to implement. Have you ever done it or? Yeah, I do it with clients all the time. Like the people that have come to multiple jobs with me, I'm a little bit more lenient on my pricing. And a lot of times a new client, you know, I don't know if I want to work with them yet. I don't really have a relation established, relationship established with them. You know, I'll charge if it's in between a half day and a full day, I'll always charge a full day. I'll make sure I tack a couple editing hours on there just to make sure if there's any crazy revisions that come in all of the fees, the music license, all of that. But if, if I have a client that's came to me five or six times, it's like, hey, let's just do a half day shoot, as many revisions as you need. I won't charge you for the music, all that stuff. So then it's just a very basic bare bones model. I feel like at the same time when you're getting those new clients, you don't know what to expect with them since you've never worked with them before. Yeah. Especially for you, you like they might come in there and ask for a million edits or you know, mm -hmm. they might be extremely terrible communicators or they might just be shitty people and you know just sucks working with them so there's a lot of unknowns going in with those first clients that you've never worked with before yeah you have to cover your behind a little bit i think until you start to build that relationship yeah have you ever had bad scenarios where with new clients or first first time clients oh yeah and usually it's the people that don't want to pay very much money the clients that you send big invoices to and big budgets, like, hey, here's a $5,000 project you work on. They're usually the best. So like, okay, awesome. Looks great. Maybe they have one little tweak here. Send them the invoice. It's paid within a week. The ones that you have problems with, it's like, hey, I need this video for $500. And then they want 15 different revisions and they don't like this and they want to reshoot. And I'm like, no. <laughs> Yeah. That's what I think. I'm like, no, you can't. Yeah. So I mean, the the you want the quality clients, really, is what it stems down to. Yeah, it's it seems like those people that are penny pinching, those are typically the ones that you gotta watch out for. Oh yeah, seems like at least. Yeah, because they think everything needs to be perfect, and you know, everything has to be two to two. Which it, if you can get it to as close as you can, that's the goal. But the bigger clients understand kind of the process of how these things go yeah and i feel like at the same time they trust you more oh yeah i don't know if it is or not but they they understand the value in it mm -hmm. and they, they they know that you're the expert and that you'll deliver that quality product and i think those are the kind of people that are paying for the value they understand the more you pay the better value that you're going to be getting or more valuable it's going to be and the other people, they they just, I feel like they might just not understand it. I don't know. I think the bigger clients detach themselves emotionally from the campaign of what they're looking to do. So the bigger clients say, okay, I have $5,000 for this project. 
I already am, I'm coming to this company because I like what they do. I'm not, you know, worried about the quality. I know they're going to provide a good product. I trust them. I'm going to put that away. This money's going there. Maybe they even have a marketing budget for the year. Okay. Maybe they spend $50,000 a year on marketing and they already set aside this money. Whereas I feel like the smaller clients where if they want $500, $600, it almost feels like it's coming out of their pockets. So they're really yeah. emotionally attached to this money because it's like, okay, well, I'm paying you out of my, you know, we don't set aside money to do this kind of stuff, which nothing wrong with that. You know, everyone has smaller, you know, businesses where you might not have huge marketing budgets and that's not a problem, but they're so emotionally attached to it where it has to be exactly perfect. And they want all these edits and they want as much value as they can out of it, but they don't realize the transactional, the money for the value. It has to be similar. Yeah, this is somewhat completely unrelated. Maybe it's a topic for a future video, but there's a lot of talks of a recession looming, depression. Are you finding oh, yeah. any issues within your business or getting clients or? Uh, I don't think so. Talking? Yeah, I mean, not really. I know I, I see a lot of things online that's everyone's holding their money a little bit tighter and that might be true. Um. I guess a few months back, a lot of people were reaching out. I don't know if they were just not price gouging. What's the word? They're just looking for prices, kind of surveying the market. What can I get here? What can I get here? What can I get here? Whereas now the clients that are coming to me are pretty much set in something like, hey, we're going to go with this route. This is what we want. So there's a lot more concrete clients, I guess you could say, that's like, hey, we're going to do this. Let's do it. Whereas before there was more wishy-washy where it's kind of, you got to sell them a little bit. Are they going to be in? Are they going to be out? Where a majority of the people that come to me now have a vision. They're like, we have money for this. We're just going to do it. Instead of the people that are like, oh, we have excess money. Let's see what we can do with it. Yeah. I feel like during those tough times, those are when you got to double down too. So when they do come to you, they're coming to you because they know about these business moves that they need to make. They got to you know keep the pedal on the gas and keep on moving forward. You don't want to stop. And, you know, I don't know if you have any promotions, maybe. Yeah. I don't, maybe running some promotions around this to, you know, try and help your business out and generate some more leads. But come to me, we can film videos. (laughs) That'll be my ad. I still have an ad I want to produce. I just, just haven't produced it, but we'll get to it. What about the highlight reel? The highlight reel, like, uh, what do you mean? Like, well, I make a reel every year. I thought you were making a highlight reel, you know, with I mean, like that one that you sent me. Yeah. Remember? So it's like a, like a hybrid. I like thought it was going to be like an ad. Ad type. Of, yeah. That's the one I have scripted. I just haven't done it. Gotcha. Once I finish all these projects, I'll get to it. Fingers. <laughs> fingers crossed. After all the editing. <laughs> yeah. Which seems to never end. But what do you do? You know, you just got to, you just got to run with it. Um, I want to talk about. Another thing promotional wise, so I really had to rack my brain to find some promotional activities when we were talking about this because I didn't think I had much experience, but the more I thought about it, I I did. The Monarch Career Area Expo, I guess that'd be a promotion, just kind of getting the brand awareness out there, letting people know what I do, who I am, how I work. That's a thing where kids can come to this event. It's at the All Students Arena Event Center. A career fair? (laughs) Semi-career fair, but it's a career expo. Um, an expose and they come and they can test, you know, the camera gear. So it's hands on, they can mm, cool. learn the lighting stuff. And that is a promotion for Bennett Creative Media, just being out there in the community. There's gonna be a ton of other businesses there that I'll be able to connect with, have a lunch with a luncheon, yeah. they call it, which is, I don't know why they call it a luncheon, but yeah, I mean, that's something that's actually next Wednesday. So, well, when this drops, it'll be in two days from now. So that's another thing that I guess I did it last year too. So that's another promotional piece of, not piece of advice, but a promotional thing that I've done. I'm, I'm just looking up what luncheon stand, why, why call it a luncheon. So lunch is apparently short for luncheon. That's why they call it a luncheon. Really? So they're and just, yeah, it dates back to the 1650s. So they're just hunk. dragging it out just for these cool business things. It once meant a thick hunk of meat. Yeah, it makes well, sense. More you know. The old luncheon. More you know. We go to the store yeah. and get a luncheon. Big, <laughs> big ham. Big thick chunk of ham. Yeah. But got no, I mean, a turkey. 
Yeah. Big turkey. Oh, it's getting close to Thanksgiving, baby. Oh, Thanksgiving. I suppose you already had your Canadian Thanksgiving. Yes, sir. But yeah, what I mean, your, those events are fun. What about your business podcasts? Or that's I'd say that's the main promotional piece that doesn't directly tie to my services, which is the Mind of Business yeah. podcast. We have business owners on there, and it really promotes ourselves to the community. It's almost like a cheat code. You post it on Facebook and YouTube and all these places, and everyone from the minor community, not everyone, but a lot of business people from the minor community go watch it, and they see it, and they're like, oh, my gosh, this is awesome hearing this story. And although it's not about Banner Creative Media, I plug my name in there a couple times, and eventually if people want video stuff, they think, oh, I know Easton does video stuff because he has a podcast where he talks to literally all the business owners. Yeah. Yeah. Brand awareness. Definitely a cheat code. That's probably my best business move I've made to date. Although it's, you think so? I don't know if it's have really, you generated any business from it? Yeah, I mean we have a sponsor for it now, so twelve episodes are being sponsored currently. I'm gonna reach out to more sponsors after when I'm about halfway through this one to see if there's any more people that want to dive into the old sponsor world. I've had a couple other people reach out and ask questions about viewership on if they want to sponsor. So I mean those are warm leads that I can reach back out to. Uh, and then I've closed one deal through the 22 episodes. So that in Is turn, that just out of the business owners? Yep. So out of the 22 business owners, one deal we've worked with just from strictly meeting that person from the uh, from the show. So my services are not extremely cheap. So that, you know, paid for a lot of the money I put behind the podcast. So, I mean probably ahead of breaking even now and there's other conversations with business owners on there that are looking at doing video work so i mean it's it's really helping it's an easy way instead of cold calling and cold emailing that i can meet these business owners without emailing them saying hey pay me here's the services i provide it's more organic yeah which is good which is fun and i like having the conversations too i'm learning more about business having them so even if i don't close the deal i'm at least learning how i can better myself in business I think there's also a ripple effect in it too, because even though the business owners that come on your show might not choose to hire you, there might be other people that are listening that will in turn yeah, hire you. They reach out so through seeing an interview with a different business owner and they say, oh, I want to do this, this and that. Yeah. So, so, and there's people reaching out to be even on the show, like people, uh, you know, message us on Facebook and say, hey, can I be on the show? Gosh, maybe one day I'll have like 150 inquiries and be like, yeah, it's 100 bucks to be on the show. <sighs> if you want to promote your business, you can pay 100 bucks to be on it. I don't, wild. Think, I don't think I'd ever do that, I, but it's definitely an avenue you could go. Yeah, I think you're creating a lot of good brand awareness for yourself. You're generating, like people are probably following you more on Facebook slash Instagram. Yeah. Maybe you're even getting emails that you could, I don't think you do email people, but maybe in the future you could email them and be like, hey, offering services maybe our promotion is coming up we're increasing our prices yeah if you want to get in before so i feel like that has a lot of ripple effects and i think there's so many different ways for promotions and promotional activity it's not just one way it's you know thinking a little bit outside the box and thinking a little bit different like you did yeah there's so many different avenues you can go down to get your name out there it's just really what you want to put uh your effort behind and run with but yeah, as far as the business podcast goes, it's really just, I really want to build the brand before I start exploiting it for monetary value. So just making sure there's an audience that likes to watch the episodes every single week that I'm providing enough value. Just put the horse in front of the cart instead of the cart in front of the horse. But yeah, I mean, eventually when you, when you get to episode 40 or 50, then you can start looking at, okay, how can I start? you know, turning this into something that's a little bit more lucrative. But yeah, I mean, do, do you want to wait that long? I feel like that's not even long to be honest. I'm no, yeah, know what that's, I'm saying. Uh, that's not long at all. Cause we're, we have filmed, we filmed five episodes this week. Uh, so four of them yesterday and one the day before that's up to episode 26. So another, you know, 15, 20 episodes, will put us at that 35, 40 range. So, I mean, it goes by a lot quicker. By the end of the year, we already have 12 more episodes scheduled for the end of the year. 
plus four people that are waiting to get scheduled. So that's 16 episodes already planned and people that have committed to it. So really, I was having a little hiccup there in the middle of finding people to schedule, but we got over that hump, start scheduling in advance, and then it helps a little bit more. Nice. But yeah, I mean, once you get to that episode 40, 50, you can, you can look at things well, like that. I feel like that's not, not even a lot. I don't know why I said that. I think it helps so much with brand awareness. I, I know your show is called the My Not Business Podcast. I'm not sure if you would branch out and maybe try and get, yeah, I don't know if you would try and get bigger brands or bigger CEOs. And then like the one podcast I listen to, Andy Frisella, he doesn't run any ads on his show. I think just him doing what he does, it generates brand awareness for his business. Granted, his business is a little bit different than yours and pretty much anyone in the world can buy it. Because yeah. he just sells products. For Whereas for you, you're more service-based. So it's a little bit different, but maybe I don't know. It, it's just like growing it and then it's like nationwide and then you travel for work. Yeah, that's something that I was actually thinking about last night in the shower. I'm like, God, maybe I should have named it something that wasn't so niche to my not. But the original thought when I started the podcast, which I didn't think it was going to have this much good feedback, I just selfishly wanted to meet these business people and I didn't care if anyone watched it. But now people are watching it and I'm meeting these people where I was thinking maybe I should have branded it something that's a little bit more just business conversation uh yeah. in general instead of my not specific because i think the names the words starting to get out there in my not that okay this is a thing the my not business podcast you can listen to interviews but let's say i want to have a guest on from bismarck okay then you start to get the bismarck audience that people are listening from bismarck so it's definitely a conversation i've thought about i want to get a lot more my not people in on the episodes before I start to branch out, but definitely something I've thought about. How do you go about a rebrand? What would you rebrand to? But if it blows up that big, that would be awesome. Honestly, I feel like you're doing it right. I think you want to, I think you do want to start out small, start out local and take over there. Mm -hmm. And once you're able to take over, maybe it is expanding. But at the same time, everyone's starting this type of podcast where you're just interviewing business owners and CEOs or whatever high-performing individuals, whatever you want to call it. And everyone's doing that. Whereas with you, you're doing it, but it's extremely niched and it's just for your local market. So I think I think you are going about it a good way. And Where I think it, it, it potentially it. is the right way. Yeah. And and at the same time, it seems like you got a lot of people in the pipeline. So yeah. you're doing something right over there. And maybe by the time, if I conquer Minot, then I can start reaching out. Maybe I'll reach out to people that are from Minot, like Josh Jamel. I'll have Josh Jamel on there talk about uh-huh. acting. That moved away. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I mean, and then you go to Bismarck. You conquer Bismarck. Get some Maybe that's your dream guest. Josh Amell. <laughs> yeah. Fergie. Rip. Yeah. Not, she's not dead, but she's dead to Josh. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think we've talked enough about the podcast. Let's get into this week's business idea, Tyler. And honestly, I was also thinking about this last night because I've been doing construction in my basement and I'll never do manual labor again because it sucks. I'll just hire it out. Okay. And I wonder if there's, and there might already be, because I did no research on this. It's just an idea. I wrote it down. We're going to talk about it. But a business, like a construction database where you post a job and then people, it's almost like Fiverr, but for actual labor. I'm going to go out on the limb and say I'm pretty sure it already exists. But how can we do it better? How can we do it better? First, we would need to understand what it is, how it works. And I was working for my godfather who owns a contracting company. And I believe what it is, is the local area. People will post a job. This is what it is. And then everyone will submit their bids. So he'll submit a bid and then the other contractors in the area will submit the bid. And then it'll go to the person that created the, you know, whatever offer. But I and see it on such they'll choose who they want. I see it on such high levels like corporate and government projects, but is it is there something that works in the residential market? Uh, Sorry, I was getting a call from that client I was talking about. <laughs> maybe maybe because you know, I, I I it's funny that you bring this up because this is somewhat the industry I work at. 
And maybe it is something where people that want a renovation or want to build a custom home, instead of looking and searching for all these different companies, there's a place for the companies or not the companies, the clients, potential clients for the companies, they go on this website, they say, hey, I want to build this custom home. And then the only issue is there's going to be like 500 different contractors reaching out to them and be like, hey, let me do it, let me do it, let yeah. me do it, let me do it, let me do it. So it's and going I, to be tough to filter all of them. And I'm looking at it as if I'm in my non-North Dakota, a town of 50,000 people, why I don't want to do the research of who does what. I don't want to go around and survey all of the flooring people saying, okay, how much do you charge? When can you get it done? All this stuff. I want them to have to earn my business is how I look at it. So if I post, hey, I got two bedrooms, 500 square feet, whatever it is, they're not that big, but let's say it's 500 to keep it easy, 500 square feet. You post a couple pictures of it is and say, here's the flooring. You post that. And then people, they have to, let's say they have to be within a 25 mile an hour, 20 mile an hour, 25 mile radius those people say, Hey, I can do it this quickly. Here's how much the estimated cost would be. And then you as a residential homeowner can be like, okay, let's rock and roll with that. I'll go with this person. The thing is people can lie. How do you prevent people lying? Then there's going to be like a whole rating system. And then it kind of dates back to Google and it's like just searching for bedroom renovation or, you know, put what in would floor, they lie about though? flooring. I can do this in two days and it's going to cost you approximately $400. And then they get there, takes them five days, and then it turns out it's $500. Yeah, I suppose there'd have to be a way to work around there. You'd almost have to, you'd have to build in a payment system through the app or the website. So I'm not paying the contractor a check. Contractor submits it. This is what's going to cost. If he goes over, it takes him longer. That's on him. Yeah, I wonder if it those types of jobs would be on Fiverr. I feel like you could. Yeah, I think when you integrate it like that, it makes it a little bit different than everything else because now you're not going. Uh, what is it? C to B. You're yeah. going. I don't even. B. I don't even know what that is. B to B. Yeah, it's like C. To you're B not really to a B. business. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if, because that's where you'd almost have to do that, where you pay through the app. It's like, okay, I'll 250 bucks. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you have the renovators, contractors, whatever it is, they have to pay you a fee to be on the app or be on the platform. Or you just take a cut of the job. Basically anyone. And then basically anyone that wants to submit a job can do it, submit it for free. And then everyone can, you know, rate, rate them on the app. Be like, this person was great. His time and estimate was on time. Yeah. And then it gives you the quick synopsis of them. And I like how you said they got to sell me on that. I don't want, I want to be sold to. Yeah. Like come to me. You have to earn my business. You know what I mean? As a business owner, you should have to, you shouldn't have to work for business. Like you should have, like if you are wanting to go get business, go get the business. At at a point, there's a time when business comes to you because your name gets out there and you're the go-to person which maybe this app or platform is something for the middle of the, the road people that need, they do good work, but they, they're not the top of the, you know, top of the pyramid where everyone knows the name. That's who you call to do it. These people, it's an easier opportunity for them to get jobs. Yeah. The people starting out, I think it would be good for them Yeah, because if they're just creating a website, they're going to be ranking like 500 on Google. So you yeah. have to go through like 30 pages to get to them. So and paying for Google ads is crazy. And maybe it's even a platform where you just pay a certain amount per year. I pay $200 a year to be a vendor on this platform. Yeah. And then you, whatever cut of the jobs you make, if you make $50,000 through all the jobs, you don't have to pay a cut of every single job you can pay annually. Yeah. We work this I don't one know out. What, See, it's not a horrible yeah. idea. It's not terrible. I don't know if it already exists or not, but we did we did work it out a little bit to make it intriguing. Yeah. See? And make we, it different. We gotta add like if we're just massive one day, we'll have a part of our website that's just all of our business ideas. And then you have to pay us twenty five dollars to use them. <laughs> or it's like you partner with us. It's like yeah. what what idea do you want to join? That's join not a bad us. idea either. See, we're just throwing ideas out here. I like it. I like it. One day we'll have a website. One day. We'll get there. 
Episode Start spreading the word. Episode 200. But uh, I Start mean, spreading the word if you watch. Yeah. Uh, we appreciate I mean, you watching, though. That's kind of you. That's kind of all. I, I'd say that's kind of all we got for the episode. Yeah. Good, healthy so time. Too. There's I think a lot of different ways. Minutes. Yeah, I think we're, I think this might be our first episode over an hour. I'm not sure how long we're at, but we're approaching the hour mark. But I think there's so many different ways for promotions. You know, you just got to think outside the box sometimes. You know, you can always go with the traditional ones. They sometimes do work, but sometimes, you know, think outside the box. Yeah. And we're trying to, like we said before, we're trying to talk about our experiences more than give advice. But one piece of advice I will give. And document. Yes, I will give is that. Sometimes brainstorming, you can do it by yourself and it's fine, but having conversations like me and Tyler are having right now, working through things really gets the brain going to actually implement these ideas and come up with new strategies on specifically promotions in this episode. So if you have someone that you know is in the same field or likes the same things as you, feel free to bounce some ideas off of them and you might get the ball rolling a little bit faster. Love it. That's episode 10 of The Midnight Entrepreneur. If you have any questions you'd like us to cover or answer, you can email us at themidnightentrepreneur at gmail.com. If you found value in this content or found this entertaining, share this with a friend or post it on your story. If you really enjoyed the show, we'd love a rating and a review on wherever you're listening. Talk to you guys next week for another episode of The Midnight Entrepreneur. <laughs>